Good morning, everyone. I heard some mornings. How about good morning? Good morning. Yeah, good morning's better than mornings. Uh, every week, uh, I walk into the office, and pretty much about every day, I try to make it a point because our secretary's not a morning person. I walk in every day and say, Good morning, it's Monday, because she really hates Mondays, because it's the day after her weekend, so she's uh, always not looking forward to Mondays, and I pretend like I like them a lot, and uh, really I'm no different than her, but uh, it is a good day to be in God's house, Um, King David uh, expressed that, he said it's a, a great day to be a blessing and to come into God's house, he said he'd rather be a gatekeeper there than anywhere else, he had his priorities there. Uh, today we're in this transmission uh, series, uh, been uh, three part, two parts so far, and this is the third uh, part of this message series about uh, transmission. Our whole year uh, in 2017 has been about mission and how that God wants us to be on mission and on purpose in our life, and there's been multiple things that we've talked about, uh, but in this transmission series, it's basically taken us to a a point of saying that the purpose and reason for Jesus to come to earth was to transmit and be a conduit for the power of heaven to be available upon earth. Amen? That the power of heaven is present and available upon earth. And we discussed the past two weeks some things about this. Last week we talked about the shepherds and the diversity and different things and how that God wants us to, to have that diversity because in power... Uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 2 verse 11 for with God there's no respect of persons amen look to your neighbor and say he loves you just as much as he loves me amen God loves us all the same uh, he has no uh, chosen few favorites uh, do we have different assignments absolutely amen there can only be one King David there can only be one King Solomon there can only be one with certain assignments but it isn't that he cares about one with authority more than the others. Amen. That God is just and he has purpose for your life. And we need to be content with where he places us. But today I want us to talk about in this transmission series about uh, wise men. About the wise men uh, that we all see during this Christmas season. Uh, we'll see the little displays of the, the manger scenes and all that. And the wise men is what I want to talk about today. But if you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to look here at this verse 7. If you'll stay in Matthew chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. When you have found him, bring back the word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And they had opened their treasures, and presented to him gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should return to Herod, should not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the power that's present in our life, the power to transform our lives. God, we thank you today for everyone that's here at Bethesda 
And for those that's missing today, God, we just pray your blessing over their life. For some of those that's at family functions, we just pray your blessing there. Help us to overcome. Help us to receive your power and to receive it in our lives to transform the way we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. I don't title messages much, individual messages, but the title that I wrote down for this message is Wise Men's Wisdom. Wise Men's Wisdom. Uh, as I was pondering about this uh, message about wise men and how we need to look at this, I went back and studied through the Old Testament and began to think about these wise men and, and to truly understand them we need to understand where they came from and some of the places and the regions that they were from and the if they was declared wise men it means they wasn't dumb right so you can't be dumb and be wise so you gotta have some wisdom to be a wise man and some people are wisecrackers and they'll they'll say uh, you know stuff like that but there's a, a a concept that I want to look at about these wise men that the region that they were from in most uh, scholars and, and people that study scripture and study history believe that they come from the region of Iran to Iraq somewhere throughout that region and it could have been Saudi Arabia but it's somewhere right there in the Middle East to the Far East because the scripture tells us they come from the East so as these men come from the East they they come following a star and as they came they were looking for this king, the king of the Jews, and they come seeking Jesus, um, and that's where I want us to look today, but as I begin to study in the Old Testament to see kind of uh, why would eastern region people be worried or concerned about or intrigued by a king of the Jews, and as I begin to study through that and ponder through that, I went back in the Old Testament and and I begin to look through, and in the Second Kings chapter 22, I, I run across this uh, story of this king named Josiah. Oh, there's a Josiah on the front row. Isn't that uh, convenient? So we have Josiah here today. But Josiah was a king in Second Kings chapter 22. Is, is, uh, when he became king, he was eight years old. How awesome is that? How many would like to be a king of your own nation? At eight years old, you know, most kids, they'll tell you, I don't want to live here anymore. I want to run away. I'm going to do this, going to do that. By eight years old, right, they got their mind made up, and they know more than you anyway, right? So by then, and uh, how old's Carson? Seven? Oh, that's perfect age. Carson can be uh, King Carson. We can go with King Carson now. So here we got little King Carson. And just wanted to get home, Craig, just go ahead and, and get the checkbook out and uh, go ahead and take that down to the bank Monday, and I want you to get it to sign it over to him and let him, let him have control of that. Uh, might as well just throw him the car keys, truck keys and all, too, and, and go down to the courthouse and sign the mortgage over to him, you know, just deed the house, go ahead and let him have that. And uh, Little King Carson, just let him, you know, start rolling. And might as well, being he's King Carson, you might as well go downtown to maybe South Shore and go talk to the councilman and say, look, a king has been born, and his name is Carson, and you guys got to bow to him. And just uh, go ahead, King Carson, and he can take over the, maybe he can take over the, you know, the post office and get, go ahead and give him the keys to the courthouse. And, you know, just, just go ahead, King Carson. It'd be cool, wouldn't it, to be eight years old. See, a lot of times we read through the Bible and we read something like that, but in reality, when it sets in, it's like, what? King Carson? Well, King Josiah in the Bible, but same. The, the concept is just, wow. Because his father had died and he was the nearest of kin and he was set in line to be the prince and he was going to be the king. 
eight years old? That'd be awesome. How many would have liked to have been king when you was eight years old? We used to play King of the Mountain. Has anybody in this room ever played King of the Mountain? Man, King of the Mountain's awesome. You get this big, we, the best time was the Sargon Festival they used to have up on McDowell, and they had all this big cane pile, and it seemed like it was like four miles high to us when we was kids. You know, everything's bigger when you're a kid, but you'd get up there, and they'd have this big pile of cane, and after the day was over, we'd all get up there, and we'd fight, and, you know, they'd go up and grab your ankle and drag you back down, and usually it took two or three. Once you got on top, you got the upper hand, right? You know, I, I've got the upper hand to do whatever I want, and usually it take two or three them to get you down but usually all kings fail amen how he's ever been on top of the pile and ended up back on the bottom and wishes he's back on top again that's that's the way it is in king's life so josiah king josiah in the bible not josiah on the front row um king josiah eight years old becomes king um and he wants to he, he, he must be his tidy little guy. You know, he must be a little bit different than most kids. He, he's a little tidy little fellow. He wants to clean stuff up. So the high priest, he tells the high priest, go over there and I need you to, to clean up the temple. I need you to, to, to clean up around here a little bit. And, and the king goes, or the uh, high priest goes over there, start cleaning the temple. And then all of a sudden, uh, because of the ways of the Israelites, of the nation of Israel, uh, since the rule of King Solomon, this is several generations later, uh, they come down and, and, and they, the, king, or the high priest is looking for, you know, cleaning around, and he runs across this book. He runs across this book. It's like a really cool book. It's called The Law, Book of the Law. So they had been operating the kingdom of Israel for generations and centuries without a Bible. This is God's chosen people. But they're doing business the way they've always done business because they know how to take care of business. Amen? That's what they were doing. But here as they're cleaning up, they're tidying up, and don't you just wish you had an eight-year-old like that would just go ahead and clean up on their own? You'd go ahead and give Carson the kingdom then, wouldn't you, if he'd clean up? Just clean up after yourself, son. It'd be good enough. Uh, King Carson, go King Carson. So here, here we are, and, and, and they're cleaning up, and they find this book, and they bring the book over, and they bring it over to uh, King jo Josiah, and he's sitting here at eight years old, and he's sitting there looking, and they begin to read out of this book to him. And as they're reading out of this book, they, they come across these verses that tell him that you can have no idols before me. As a nation of Israel, you can't worship anybody else but God. And Josiah is sitting there, and he hears this, and it's, it's like, if what I'm hearing what God wants us to do is not what I'm currently practicing. Amen? Wise man's wisdom. So you can have all the wisdom in the world, but if, if you have the wrong wisdom, it does not really matter anyway, right? So here we are, Josiah's hearing this. He's, he's trying to rule according to the, how he had seen his father rule and do everything that he thought was the customs of the land. But really, in reality, he needed to rule the kingdom according to the principles of Almighty God. Amen? And it's like that in our life that sometimes we live by the ways of life that we have been grown up and reared in according to the customs that we've been presented in life where that in reality they don't match what God's Word says but what happens whenever we get the old dusty Bible off the shelf and begin to read through and it tells us you can't live your life this way that you have to do it this way it kind of pricks us and says oh no I don't like that verse. Amen? The Bible should convert, con, con, confront you. It should confront our sin. Amen? The, the Bible should be our schoolmaster that Paul, the Apostle Paul calls it, it, that it's our schoolmaster, that the book of the law is a schoolmaster that prepares you for salvation. Because if we study Scripture, it will change our life. 
Amen. The Word of God, it's living, it's breathing, and, and it, it, it exists to change and transform our life. And we have to have the Word of God. So as I thought about this, how crazy is that, that, that uh, King Josiah at eight years old, and he begins to clean out, and he says, you know what, all those people that's got all those other worship centers all over this land of Israel, he says, I'm going to clean house. I'm not just cleaning house in the temple, I'm going to clean the region. Amen. He begins to think regionally as he looks out and he goes out to these high places and they had these pagan gods and they had these uh, god goddesses, the Greeks and all that and, and these different uh, people. And he would go down tear down these, these whole uh, parts and structures of society. He would tear them down to high places and destroy them. And some of those priests, they, they were killed and murdered and they burned their bones on the altars of these false gods that they were worshiping. Josiah's cleaning house, man, eight years old. How many of us as adults need to pay attention when kids are speaking? I really believe this. Brittany Sylvia last, just the other day posted on Facebook and posted this picture that she showed me two weeks ago, the first message of this transmission series when I was talking about the power of, of Christ and what he brought to earth and how the power is to transform your life, to cause a change in your life. And the altar call was this, if you desire the power of heaven on earth, raise your hand and ask for prayer and we're going to pray that God would empower you. There's a little boy named Ledger that was dedicated to the Lord just a couple years ago. He's about two years old, a little baby, barely can talk, walks around. He takes up offering. He does all his stuff, about like little Brantley, just a little feller. And he was standing back there in the back, and I look back, and, and at the end of the service, I walk back there, and, and Brantley had taken a picture. And he's so little, I couldn't even see his hand over the chair. But she's got a picture, and it's on Facebook. You ought to see it. Little Ledger. His head bowed, his hand raised during an altar call. Jesus said, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, I have perfected praise. The more we become like children, the more we're apt to inherit the kingdom of God, Jesus said. And some of us act pretty childish in here anyway. Amen. Josiah's cleaning the house. He's cleaning the region. He's cleaning the land. He's purging society from all these things that go against the word of God. And here the prophet comes in to speak to Josiah, and the prophet comes in to declare some things to him. You can read this, 2 Kings chapter 22, 23, and I think it goes, even goes into 24. And, and as Josiah's, he, the prophet comes in to speak to him and say, Hear, king, hear what the, the Lord of heaven and earth is saying to the nation of Israel. And he's declaring even then, this is a few generations before it happens, but the God of heaven begins to declare through the prophet that he's going he's to take Israel captive and he's going to put them in a foreign land and he's going to put them in there for 70 years. And we know the story that when Jeremiah the prophet prophesies, 70 years you're going to be in exile, that Babylonian the king is coming and Nebuchadnezzar is going to come take you and he's going to drag you away in chains and, and as this happens and, and, and this will make sense in a little bit but as he brings in and begins to declare these things the prophet it doesn't cause Josiah to say no I'm just going to quit cleaning house now because I know it's all folly anyway he continues to purge he continues to clean he continues the process to transform the land how many of us get discouraged in life because we hear bad news and we give up way too early when God says just keep on keeping on? 
Amen. Keep on cleaning up your life. Keep on purging your life. If you find sin in your life when you come across a verse in Scripture, don't look at it and say, now I don't like that part. I'm just going to read everything else. I'm going to tear that page out. we got to deal with all of it. Amen. From front to back, that Bible is our book. It's our, it's our lamp. It's the light unto our feet. Amen. It's what light leads our life as a Christian. So as we say this, Josiah, he continues to clean and purge and tear down and, and do all these things and set up Israel for success. And as he's done his things, you've got to think that this is, this is of the lineage of the King Solomon who had all the wisdom of heaven and earth, and he was the wisest person to ever live. King Solomon, we know the story in Scripture that, that Solomon is this person that loves wisdom. He, he seeks it, and, and as he's seeking this wisdom, we've got to understand Solomon. Solomon gets this golden opportunity in life. It's where God talks to him directly and says, Solomon, what do you wish? It's like a genie in a bottle that we know, right? Genie comes up out of the bottle, you get one wish. What are you going to do? What are you going to wish for? Best thing to do is wish for more wishes, right? <laughs> I wish for a lifetime of wishes. That would be good. Sometimes our mind don't work that way. So you get this one chance, what are you going to ask for? And Solomon, he's, he's a young man too, and he's getting ready to take over the rule after, after King David and King David, and he's got to build the temple, got to do all this stuff. And he, he asks God, he says, God, I need this. I'll ask one thing of you. I seek understanding. Give me understanding and let me have wisdom to know how to lead your people. And Solomon writes some of the, the greatest uh, things in, in Scripture. If you look back and you, if you love like poet, poetics type stuff, the songs of Solomon, and you, you can go in and, and some of it you've got to watch. It's kind of rated R. I don't know if you know that or not, but if you've never read Rated R Bible, it's in there. It's called Song of Solomon. Go read it if you don't believe me. But it's in the Bible. It talks about humanity. It's real. So Solomon has all this wisdom, all this information, and he begins to pin them down, and he pins these scriptures down for us that we could go and live our life by. And these scriptures are about wisdom because that's what he sought. He asked God for wisdom. How many knows the Bible says, whatever you ask, you shall receive? And you have not because you ask not, because, right? Sometimes we ask amiss, and he says he'll take care of that too. God knows better what you need than you know for yourself. Amen. He has things prepared for us that we, we can't even contemplate. We can't even understand. But here, as, as Solomon asked for this, if you ask for wisdom, you're going to get wisdom. And even in James it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives the man liberally and upbraideth not. Amen. God wants you to be wise. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be a little smarter. Amen. I believe we need some we need some smart Christians once again. Amen. Some people, some Christians that'll dive into God's word and seek and and even these uh, uh, connection groups that we're doing. Used to we'd put on we'd do two or three at one time. This time I think we got seven. It's crazy, right? It's like wow, there's a lot to choose from. You can either play basketball or read a book or put on makeup. That leaves me out. I'm not going to be doing that one. But I think it's awesome, though, because little Shaya was sitting up here a minute ago, and little Shaya was sitting there, and, and whenever that one came up with makeup, and she loves makeup. Little Shaya, she's already loves makeup and loves doing that, and she has a passion for it. And she looked, and she's like, oh. It was like the golden moment. It's like, oh, makeup group. I was sitting there like, what in the world? Why would you want to go to a makeup group? <laughs> Amen. There's a diversity in amongst us here. 
But she just can't wait to go. So somehow, Albie, you got to make a way. Kirby's sitting there smiling because it's Kirby's makeup group. It's going to be awesome. I mean, you can. What if a, a, a teenager at Kirby's age could pass on wisdom and knowledge and understanding of how to present yourself and how to carry yourself and conduct yourself to the little young girl that's maybe how old is Shea? Eight years old. King Shea. Here we go. Or queen, anyway. <laughs> awesome and that's what discipleship is it's for generations to pass on to generations I love being around people that's older than me I love being around generations that's been through some difficult times I love sitting down and talking to people that in, in this room that's, that's beyond me in years and it just I enjoy it I enjoy taking to that Sister Joanne's book club down there if you've, if you've never sat in Sister Joanne's home Go once. Talk about a woman of faith. She spent 30 years praying for her husband to be saved. And every Sunday morning she would get up and go to church and she'd look over. Lovell, are you going to go today? Every Sunday for 30 years. Lovell. You're going to go today. One Sunday she got up, unbeknownst to her, following the pattern that she had lived. Love, are you going to church? You know what? I think I will. And Lovell got up and came to church. And he came back the next Sunday and gave his life to Jesus. And that was just a few years before Lovell went to meet Jesus face to face. Give me that kind of passion to continue the fight, to continue the race, because sometimes we give up church. But this scripture is always a gift to us to give us the passion to continue to fight the fight, the good fight of faith that scripture tells us about. Amen. So little young Josiah making these things, cleaning up paths, but he's going from the wisdom that uh, Solomon had given him. And Solomon, I love this. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. We'll get to it real quickly. I know I'm... 25 after and I need to be done here real quick we'll get there Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 if you have your Bible Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 this is King Solomon pinning to us some wisdom nuggets so uh, there's uh, there's apps out there if you really want to, to look for wisdom nuggets there's a, a, a thing to help you through the Proverbs there's 31 Proverbs so it, there's enough for one read one proverb per day for 31 days, uh, there's enough to go every day of the month that you can read a chapter of Proverbs. But a lot of times it's just one verse that makes a lot of difference. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. This is King Solomon writing and penning these words, and I believe they're important. I believe there's something that we need. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. I've heard this quoted a lot in my life, in my Christian walk. I've heard a lot of people quote this. And they quote it to be a truth. I've heard messages and sermons about this. Amen? Wisdom is the principal thing. Look to your neighbor and say, wisdom is the principal thing. I don't think they heard you. Now look to the neighbor on the other side. And I want you to scream at them. Wisdom is the principal thing. Here we go. 
So King Solomon, because he had got to this point in his life and he loved wisdom, he searched for wisdom, he sought wisdom. And as he's looking for this, and he's, he's, he's looking and he's searching, he's seeking, he wants wisdom so bad and he asks God for it and God's given it to him. But in wisdom, sometimes he's even got all this wisdom, but he doesn't act the life that he should be acting. For one, he has 600 wives and 300 concubines. Everybody say, that's a little outlandish. Amen. It's a little over the top. Just a bit. <laughs> nothing major, you know, nothing to see here. Just move on. Got all kinds of issues, all kinds of things going on, and all these different wives he had brought in all these different religions. And really what King Josiah that we read about a few generations later is tearing down is things King Solomon allowed to come into the kingdom. So think about this. Wise men in the New Testament coming up and seeking Jesus, I'm glad they did. Amen? I'm glad the wise men came because it was people from the far east of, of Iran and all that. And most of the, likely they were people that had an understanding about godly things because they were come from the region that the children of Israel had been exiled to in their 70 years of captivity. In, they, in, in, in our society, we believe and got these little manger scenes. You have, a, 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 you have the donkeys there. You know, you have the shepherds there. You have the wise men there. You have camels there, all this different stuff. But in reality, if you truly pick apart in Matthew and Luke and really depict that and, and learn and glean from it, you'll see that when, they, when the shepherds came, that was at the birth of Jesus because there's a baby in a manger. But in chapter 2, verse 11 of Matthew here that we just read a little bit ago that says the wise men came and they came into the house where the child was. The wise men weren't at the manger scene. They came later on. That's why it says in Matthew chapter 2 that King Herod said, well, how long ago did you see this star? And that's why whenever he sends out a decree to kill all the babies, he says two years old and younger. So most likely the wise men didn't come to see Jesus until he was an infant child. Amen. But most of the time, because of our culture, our society don't line up with God's word, we'd rather just keep the manger scenes, right? It's kind of what was going on for Josiah. He said, let's clean it out. It's either God's word or it's wrong. Simple as that. Amen. So here it is. Proverbs, it says this in chapter 4, verse 7. You know that wisdom is the principal thing. And we can read that and be like, yes. Man, all I need is some wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Come to church. Give me wisdom, God. There's songs out there, give me wisdom. There's songs that sing that. I love wisdom. Don't you love wisdom? I don't like being dumb. Anybody in this room just enjoy being dumb? I don't know about you, but I was born dumb. I was, I was born dumb. So a lot of times I'll study and be reading and try to look at things, and, and I try to study a wide range of things. I want to know a little bit about everything. So whenever I'm studying these things, a lot of times I'll run on something that I didn't know. Anybody ever done that? Run across some information you didn't know. And when I find out, man, I, I didn't know that, and then I get mad at myself. Well, why didn't I know that? But I didn't know that I didn't know that until I found out I didn't know it. Makes sense, doesn't it? See, Cubby got it. That's a wise man right there, Cubby. King Cubby. King Cubby. Michelle's not ready to give over the kingdom yet. <laughs> She spoke out. Um, um, but here it is that he's saying that wisdom is the principal thing. So whenever we read that, we think just because it's in the Bible that that's what we're going to live by, that I've got to have wisdom, right? I want to be smarter. I want to be wiser. And wisdom is the principal thing. I've heard preachers preach, wisdom is the principal thing. If you need anything, you need wisdom. Get wisdom. If you need anything, get understanding, just like this verse. I love hearing preachers. 
Amen? But I'd rather hear truth. And what this scripture comes back to me to be is this. You can have those wise men coming from the Far East. Why did they come? You can't have a, a Esther without captivity. Anybody want to volunteer to be captive of ISIS in this room? He volunteers? That's basically what they did. They led them away captive by their enemy, the king of Babylon, carried them away for 70 years because it was proclaimed and a prophet pronounced it years before. But Josiah didn't see it because he cleaned the house. God said, I'll stay it for a little while. But the children of Israel is going to pay for the sins they've committed. Everybody in this room, you better hear me. The Bible says your sin will find you out. It will find you out. You cannot outrun it. And guess what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen? Your sin will find you out. Because we're all going to stand before God. And give an account for what lives we lived. So when we look at this, give me wisdom, God, because it's the principal thing. We can't go by that. You've got to put it in all of Scripture. And what I found to be true is wisdom is not the principal thing. Jesus is. See, them wise men, they had wisdom. The thing was, the wisdom they had wasn't enough. They needed something else. You could be the wisest person in this room. You could be the wisest person on this planet, but guess what? It's not enough without Jesus. Amen. The principal thing you need to have in your life is Jesus. The principal thing you need to have in your life is God. Amen? Won't you stand? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says this. The way of a fool seems right to them. But the wise listen to advice. And the best advice you can ever get is God. It's a godly advice. There's all kinds of scriptures out there. First Corinthians chapter 1 and 2. It all talks about wisdom. I had it wrote down here as a star beside of it. And I wanted to look it, look it up. First Corinthians chapter 1, 17 through all of chapter 2 talks about wisdom that the wisdom of this world is folly the wisdom of men means nothing the wisdom of this world means nothing Paul said I preach the cross of Jesus Christ and it's foolishness to me but it's wisdom to God that's what I want to preach here today. This is the cross of Jesus Christ. Don't leave that baby in this season of, of Christmas in age. He grew up to be a man. He was a man that stood and gave his life willingly to say, I'm willing to hang on that cross for the sins of every man that's ever lived. Today that's for all of us. And it sounds like foolishness. How can one man's blood redeem every human that's ever lived? had the power of heaven and that changed some things amen don't you bow your head and close your eyes I just want to ask you this very simple question you know, in this room today I say Pastor Ben I'm willing to give up my way of thinking my 
wisdom. I'm willing to accept Jesus' blood, death, burial, and resurrection for my sins so that I can live a life that He intends for me. Is there anybody here that say it's me? Lift your hands all in this room. If some of you could lift your hand right now and say, God, I'm part of misplaced priorities in my life's a mess and I need you. Fix the way King Josiah fixed the land of Israel. I'm ready to clean house. I'm ready for that to happen today. Is there anybody in this room that lift your hands and that's me, Pastor Amen. Amen. Hands all over the place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, everybody speak this after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to forgive me not give you first place that I have accepted the ways of man as wisdom and the principal thing I need is your son Jesus make me new make me clean prepare me for heaven in Jesus name I pray